Hi, this is Patrick Piccarelli, co-host of the Hollywood Godfather podcast. Gianni has taken his cabaret act on the road for the next two weeks and will be unable to pre-record two episodes. In their place, we'll be presenting two episodes of the Invest in Yourself podcast, hosted by Adrian Martinez, in which Gianni and I were interviewed. We think you'll find the two 40-minute shows entertaining. We'll be returning in two weeks for our regularly scheduled shows. Thank you and enjoy. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Doing great, man. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, well, thank you guys for coming on. It's you know an honor to meet both of you. I really enjoyed your book, The Sixth Family. Man, that was a, you know hell of a book. I haven't read a lot of fiction, you know, but that when I'm when you told me that Johnny had a book out, when I reached yeah. out to you, Patrick, I was like, damn, you guys made a book. I'm gonna read it, and you know it was really, really good, man. And you guys wrote it really quick too, right, Patrick? Yeah, well, when 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 you reached out to me, uh, and uh, you gave us a glowing review, and we, we we thank you for that. You're very effusive about the book, and I said to Gianni, "Hey, somebody read our book," uh, <laughs> and, and and it was Adrian. Uh, anyway, that's that's how we connected. But uh, yeah, you know, we this is our second book. Okay, uh, uh, Gianni and I connected about six years ago, maybe seven now. Uh, and it wasn't the easiest road because of our diverse backgrounds. Is, is, is that a good way to put it, Gianni? I guess so. <laughs> it's like black and white. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, we grew up in the same neighborhood, which is the Little Italy section of Manhattan. Uh-huh. Uh, and I took a different road in life, so to speak. After I got out of the army, I'm a Vietnam vet. Uh, you know, it, it was a natural transition to go on the NYPD, I guess, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of guys were going, uh, becoming cops and, uh, so hard to leave the action, so to speak. But anyway, uh, eventually I, I got to a position where, uh, doing a little organized crime work. I did a little undercover with the Chinese gangs, by the way, uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, Adrian, but I'm not Chinese. Did you see that? Did you recognize that? Yeah. And you don't look too Chinese to yeah. me. <laughs> no, I was playing the role of a corrupt cop selling pistol licenses, but, Anyway, I used to take Gianni around, you know, uh, part of the organized crime uh, OCCB thing, mm-hmm. Organized Crime Control Bureau. And uh, I'd see Gianni floating around, and uh, I said, who, who is this guy? Because everywhere I went, there he was. You know, <laughs> and uh, finally somebody said, well, that's Gianni Russo. I said, well, he's, he's, oh, he's with a lot of wise guys at a lot of restaurants. I said, can you tell us, tell me anything about him? He said, "Not really, <laughs> you know. I mean, the, the, the guy, the guy did a whole bunch of movies. One of them was The Godfather, and he's got a lot of friends uh, in the life, as I do. You know, I mean, we grew up in the same area. But uh, it, it turned out coincidentally that uh, our agent, uh, Frank Wyman, who's uh, vice president of uh, Folio uh, Literary, uh, contacted me, and he said, uh, "I got this guy, Gianni Busso. and and then he asked uh, a, a rhetorical question." Have you ever seen The Godfather? Of course. <laughs> what kind of question is that? You know, it's, a, it's, it's you know, just like a. Have, have you ever seen your kids? You know, I mean, it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. Simple. I was just telling my, my I think my brother that my older brother I was like, you ever watch The Godfather? He's like, what kind of question is that? Of course. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody. But, you has. know, we we well, I have an odd system. I uh, no longer live in New York. I live in the in the middle of nowhere in uh, Western Pennsylvania, a small town. 
and I came here basically to write because it wasn't getting done in New York. I was always busy doing things that could get me myself in trouble, you know. But anyway, we decided to come here, my wife and I. She was pregnant with our first child, and we figured that where I lived in Jackson Heights, Queens, which is the cocaine capital of the world, I mean, uh, we decided to move one day when somebody fired a shot through our window. I mean, nobody was aiming at me. It was just a stray bullet. Got to get out of town. But writing, you know, collaborating with somebody is uh, a difficult proposition when you're in the same room together. Try doing this on the phone. You know, I've written probably my last five books over the phone. Really? (laughs) Well, Gianni and I uh, met over the phone, wrote the entire book over the phone. We never met. And and, uh, was crazy. crazy. Yeah, well, you, you can tell the story. I mean, the first time we met was when you were appearing in, in, in Pittsburgh. Right. So I invited him to come because I'm going to be in the neighborhood. And that's when we first met. And uh, I mean, we, we were hitting it off like old friends since we, our first conversation on the phone. Because he had my rhythm, came from the same neighborhood and knew a lot about me. And like, other people on the job been trying to arrest me, not knowing what I did or didn't do, but I was doing something <laughs> wrong. They figured something's going on with this guy. Yeah. He dresses too well, he's got too many cars, and he don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I said the same thing. Every every time I turned around, Johnny would uh, turn up like a bad penny. I said, who is this guy? Does he have a lot of brothers? I mean, the guy is everywhere. Everybody looks like Gianni Russo, you know. But yeah. uh, so it, I don't know what what you felt, Gianni. I don't think we ever talked about this, but the initial connection. First of all, did you trust me or the, the both of us to be able to write a book over the phone? Well, the reason I did, I already went through so many people. Frank Wyman, as you mentioned earlier, our agent. He's a top agent. Folio Group is a major major publisher. Uh, uh, literary agent and uh he even brought dan moldier in yeah. i met with dan moldier i, I yeah. met nick Pelleggi, who i know gay talise is my neighbor down the block and these are the names he was throwing at me and with dan moldier i'll never forget it because the the clinton book just came out it was a major book that he wrote mm-hmm. and uh i said well really what do you know about me he said, what are you talking about as you're going to write my my book what do you know about me he says well we're going to collaborate I said, no, 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 no. Here's what I'd like you to do. Could you write me a small synopsis of who you think Johnny Russo is? And he went crazy. I'm Dan Moldea. Are you crazy? And he hung up. So oh. Wyman said, that ain't going to work. I said, well, how the guy's going to write about me? You don't even know me. Forget about it. Well, you've been, looking for, you've been looking for a writer since 1995. I know. Oh, Damn. And you guys just recently started working six years ago. Well, the thing is, he wanted somebody, and justifiably so, who knew the street. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, uh, me being a, uh, I retired a lieutenant on the job, but, uh, and lieutenants are managers, and obviously not on the street, but, you know, uh, uh, Kojak reruns notwithstanding. But uh, I, I spent my, my formative years on that job, on the street, doing what street cops do. And uh, plus, uh, we were born within like two blocks of each other. We're yeah. almost the same age. I mean, everything just just clicks. So I'm, I'm sure that helped, right, Gianni? Otherwise, we wouldn't be sitting here talking oh, about Oh, yeah, it. no, I definitely. I mean, everything about it when we first started talking, I, I thought I, I knew the guy for years. And mm-hmm. I really was, what, what, what was important to me that they know how to tell the story when, and you should get this book. We shall, we'll send it to you if you, don't, if you don't have it. 
But the bottom line is, we were just going through COVID. Yeah. And now we want to write this book. And my beginnings in 1949, August 7th, I was put in Bellevue Hospital, a state hospital here, mm -hmm. for five years quarantined. Saw nobody. Damn. So, uh, and everybody was, you know, even my kids and my grandchildren were saying, poor me. I said, well, if you wanted to be me, you'd be. And it's not hospitals as we know it. Then, you know, you're in a hospital bed. There's no television. There's nothing. You're staring at a ceiling 24-7 for five years. And 2,300 kids died in that ward over that time. Damn. So Polio. Polio was. Polio. So that was a whole different pandemic then, you know, and there was yeah, no. I, Distractions or anything. I, you know, I wanted them to know what was, but you know, here we are again. And it took three years for Jonas Salk to perfect the, the vaccine. Here they had vaccines in three months. I didn't want to yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that caused a lot of issues, but you know, it still is. Yeah. A lot of people are dying for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Another whole issue overweight young guys are dying. I just lost another guy. Yeah, man. Sorry, thirty-four years old. No, it's but you know, it's life is what it is. But I, that was the message, and he had to be the rhythm, and we did it. But our book is a bestseller still. You go on Amazon now. There's thousands of five star reviews, and it's still selling. Yeah, after that, I, I've been in this game a long time, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, usually a hardcover book goes out of print within a year. That's the average. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're in our fifth year, and we're actually selling uh, this last. Uh, we can we can tell by the royalty checks. Oh, uh, the, the the last check went actually went up twenty percent. So uh, Gianni did some uh, crunching of numbers. We've sold sixty thousand books. That's a lot of books. That is, I mean, so, holy shit. <laughs> and, and, and it's still Somebody going. Just... And I'd like to say it's just, it's it's because of my uh, my uh, expertise and my my. Uh, uh, Ernest Hemingway gene, but truthfully, it's all on Gianni. This guy is like the Energizer Bunny. I have never seen somebody. You know, we're not spring chickens anymore. You know, I, <laughs> well, I'm I eighty. Oh. I'm eighty. How old are you? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm only twenty three. Twenty three. The yeah. shirt's older than you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the guy was constantly moving, and uh, to, to this day, he's the one that's pushing the book. It's, like I said, I live in this little town. There's, we don't even have sidewalks. I mean, there's nothing here. Besides mm -hmm. that, I, I don't have the, the celebrity that no. he has. I mean, he's constantly uh, be, being asked to uh, to perform at functions. He's making a 17-city tour now. Jeez. You know, and during these tours, he sells a lot of books. So yeah. our idea, before you ask the question, was what do we do next? <laughs> and, uh, you know, with, with any book uh, th that's successful, like uh, Hollywood Godfather, yeah, you got to top it. And uh, there were certain things. Well, I'll let Gianni tell the story why we why we thought about doing fiction rather than nonfiction as a second book. Mm -hmm. Well, as the, the notoriety of the book got a lot of attention, and a lot of my lawyers who've been representing me for many, many years <laughs> in all different aspects of my my colorful life, and they said, "You know, you keep writing books, you're going to get indicted." <laughs> <laughs> so much, damn! Know? So so much crazy all shit that books. you've been through. 
I mean, well, not only that, the statues, like in Europe, are thirty years, not seven in America, and oh. there's no, there's no statues on murder. Yeah, and I happened to get involved in three of them, and, and, and the, you know, fortunately, they were all justifiable and well, basically self-defense. Two mm -hmm. of them I saved two different women at the time. Yeah. Now, one, one the, it was unbelievable. It happened in my nightclub in Las Vegas, State Street, and uh, wound up the guy who attacked the woman, and I was about to jump into it. And he stabbed me and gave me 81 stitches along my neck. Holy so now God. I was trained. Now you wound me, you're dead. <laughs> That's how <laughs> I played a game. But it was Pablo Escobar's guy. I shot him between the eyes with two bullets. <laughs> Damn. And that really pissed off Pablo. But all this is in, is in the book. This is how I started off the book. Uh, I have a formula. And it's 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 been successful. This is how he started out Gianni's book. It's not in chronological order as far as the first chapter goes. Uh, we're talking about nonfiction here. It's the most exciting thing that happened in his life uh, that uh, would catch the attention of the reader, grip the reader, and have the reader say, "I want to know about this guy." Yeah. <laughs> and, and when I when I reference the reader, I'm talking about the publisher mm -hmm. because we already have an agent. That's a given. I've had we have Frank Warner for thirty years. Uh, and the, the incident that Johnny just spoke about, the incident in his club, that was the first chapter. That took place in, was Johnny, 1986? Yeah. Okay. So naturally, he wasn't born in 1985. So, I mean, so you, you do that first chapter, and it's a really gripping chapter. I mean, uh, uh, a lot of blood. Lot, it was, you know, 500 people in the club, uh, celebrities and whatever. And that kicked off the book. And then from chapter two on, then we started chronologically up until the point in the book about maybe three quarters of the way through the book where the timeline meets that first chapter, if you can follow what I'm saying. Yeah. And then we write the rest of the book uh, till the end. And uh, but it's phenomenal hit. I mean, and like I said, I I owe it all to Gianni. Of course, the, 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 the writing is not bad, but there's no, the lots of books, yeah. lots of books out there. Are written well and never go anywhere. It's about marketing, and this man is the king. In fact, he once told me this is an interesting story. I probably forgot he told me the story. We would talk probably five times a week when during the process of writing the book, and uh, he was always in a car. You know, I said, mm -hmm. "What the hell are you going?" <laughs> I mean, he's always going somewhere in a limousine. <laughs> so this one particular time, I said. Where are you going? This is like a thing we did all the time. Where are you going? And he would tell me because I live vicariously through him. I'm like in the middle of literally nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I like to hear all this stuff, this restaurant meeting, this guy and that guy. So this particular time I asked him, I said, where are you going? And I get silence. He had to ask the driver. <laughs> he, he said, you know, he said, if somebody wants to whack me. All I have to do is pull up to my house, honk the horn twice. I'll get in the car and you'll never see me again. <laughs> you know, that that's uh, he's always going somewhere, doing something. There's always something big in charity. The guy's huge and uh, work, working charitable events. Yeah, well, no, that's uh, good that you you know, give back to the community and stuff as well. And you know, because I know a lot of people are out there struggling and stuff. And oh my god, yeah. Well, I, don't, I think it's important. You know, it's uh, but you know, it uh, 
you don't give back. I've been doing it all my life. But what, what he's saying is so true, because even my doorman said, you know, Mr. Russo, you don't even know these drivers. You don't know who they are. <laughs> no, I said, I just get in the car and go. But yeah, you, you talks was... to them. And they said, you know, you're picking up. He said, no. It was just, you know, because I don't want them to know, number one, go to this address and, and tell the doorman to ring 4D his car so you knock him down. <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, so he, Johnny doesn't toot his own horn, but I'll toot it for him. He's he's involved in numerous, and I mean, you haven't don't have enough fingers and toes charities that he devotes his time to. And all, all this is in the first book, of course, and numerous uh, stories of his life. But at the end, we go through all the charitable functions and every everything that he does. He gives away a lot. He gives back, and uh, with his lifestyle and what he's done all his life, you don't find too much of that. In fact, you don't find any of it. And did that come from Johnny? Did that come from like when you were growing up? I mean, I, did you have a lot of hardships and stuff that you went through that kind of made well, you? I mean, I, the most major one, I was put in a hospital in August, mm -hmm. six and a half years of age, and spent five years there. That's you couldn't yeah. get more major than that. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't have one. What's that? Didn't didn't have one visitor in all that time, including yeah. his family. So no, you quarantined, you're locked yeah. in. That was it. They were, I mean, that that was one of the most deadly epidemics in the in this country. If you look it up, most of you guys don't know it at your age. Oh, yeah. Polio was the killer. It was went worldwide too. Yeah, all over, just like COVID. I mean, you know, usually like like you hear like in recent news, like a Ebola or what is it, Ebola or whatever, like what four or five years ago. I mean, we we know of that one, but that wasn't even like really in the U.S. Like how you know COVID and polio would have been. You know, back then, and Johnny, of course, can attest to this. When uh, Jonas Salk created the, the 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 vaccine, he was a doctor, of course. He just gave it away. I mean, he could have licensed it and become a billionaire. He just gave it away, and right. uh, contrary true doctor. Trying to well, save you, mankind. Well, <laughs> he, <did. Condos>. <laughs> he, he, he stopped the polio epidemic in its tracks, but you know, contrary to what you saw during the uh, the, the COVID years, which we're just getting out of, yeah. uh, people are arguing. You know, they're anti-vaxxers. Some are taking it. Some aren't. I'm going to think about it. I'm not going to take it. I think only seventy percent did take it with yeah. the salt vaccine. Pfizer, Pfizer multiplied their their growth. I don't know, by a hundred times. They, sure. they've, created, they've created more of these vaccines. <laughs> I mean, if you watch television, every 15 minutes there's another vaccine you should be taking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the, 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 the thing is, it shows you how much society changed. When the salt vaccine came out, no one said, I'm not taking that vaccine. No They one. lined up. They lined up for it. You, you know, we went to school one day, and there was a couple of nurses there. And we, I mean, I was six years old. You know, what's going on here? Yeah. And uh, roll up your sleeve. <laughs> there was no questions asked. You got the vaccine and you lived. Yeah. So so, uh, so during the COVID time, this is when you guys really started writing The Six Family? Is that correct? Well, it, it, it went fairly quickly. But we, have, we have a system. Mm -hmm. uh, writing, uh, you know, uh, we, would, we did this together. You know, I have the writing experience. Uh, so I would write a chapter and email it to him. And then he'd get back to me with his ideas, what's got to be, you know, once any changes or certain parts of it, whatever, you know, his input meant everything. Uh, but 
Uh, you know, I was thinking uh, as I was writing the book, and I have done just as good a job uh, as I did with the Six Family. If there was no Hollywood Godfather, and Johnny just came to me one day and rang my bell and said, "Hey, let's let's write a novel." The thing was, I knew him so well by then. I got him down really well, and I took a lot of backstory from uh, Hollywood Godfather, yeah. my last <laughs> movie, Bob, uh, and things we couldn't talk about. You know, for fear of uh, one pissing people off, and we don't want to piss certain people off, and 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 two, you know, these prosecutors have a long memory. Yeah, I do. Uh, and, he, and he he came up with the idea and 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 the 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 slogan or or the disclaimer, the one line is great. At, at at the beginning of the book, oh, this I is know. a work of fiction, mm-hmm. except for the parts that are true. Yeah, I like <laughs> so, that. I was going to yeah. bring that up to you guys about that because I thought that was. That was smart, you know, because it's a good I'm, hook. Yeah, exactly. And from seeing all of you know Johnny's uh, interviews and stuff he's done in the past, I mean, I think that was perfect for how how you guys put it together that entire book. Because I knew right when I read that, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good story. You know, there's going to be some true parts in there, and there's going to be you know the fiction to jazz it up and stuff, and and avoid an indictment and piss people off. As well. <laughs> well, we we got the idea. From uh, uh, the book, The Godfather, which, of course, Gianni is, is very familiar with. Oh, yeah. Uh, when, when that book came out, uh, uh, it broke ground because there were uh, similarities between the characters and, and real people. Uh, Johnny Fontaine was the biggest one. Where everybody said, that's Frank Sinatra. That's Frank Sinatra. It, 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 he had to have done that. But it gripped people so much. And it, it was a great idea. You know, to in fact, in fact, that one character he's talking about, Frank Sinatra bap- baptized my son Luciano, and for two years we didn't talk because I did the movie. At first, he called me actually, and he had you know Dorothy called said the old man wants to talk to you, so he gets on the phone. He said, Johnny, we're, we're we're close friends, right? I said, Yeah, of course. He said, If I asked you to do me a favor, would you do it? I said, Whatever you want, Frank. He said, I hear you're going to do the Godfather. I said, Yeah. He said, I don't want you to do it, and he caught me off guard. I said, okay, Frank, I won't do it. And I hung up. Then I'm saying to myself, I see nuts. So I had a <laughs> waited day. <laughs> I waited there and I called them back. I said, Dorothy, the guy I talked to the old man. I used the same dialogue. I said, Frank, we're friends, right? He said, of course. <laughs> I said, if I asked you to do me a favor, and I knew if, if he had, I, I, want, I wish I had a camera to see what, how he was thinking, saying, he's setting me up, I know. So he said, anything you want. I said, ask, I'm going to ask you this question. You got to tell me the truth. If I asked you not to do here to eternity, would you have done it? And he hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't talk to you for several years. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Just So you ended up doing it, and then the whole movie went out, and you blew up after that point, right? Well, not not only that, you know, it's it's a situation where, like what he's talking about now, Pat, is that, I mean, uh, if you see our newsletter that's out right now for April, and uh, that goes out to everybody, Pat? It, yeah. It's just on Instagram right now. Okay. Yeah, first of the month. Yeah. yeah. You'll see by the end, at the end of this month, I'm at the, uh, the Academy Museum for Motion Pictures. It's like one of the biggest honors you could have. Damn. And I'm hosting... Sunday, August 30th, Corleone Fine Italian Dinners in their dining room. In their dining room sits 300 people. And they're doing it every Sunday. And guess what they're cooking? What do they got? 
Corleone Fine Italian Foods, which I just happen to open, own worldwide. <laughs> Damn, man. So you got a lot of stuff still going on from, got from that movie. I mean, that one. I, that's where I was going with, the, with, with, the, with that. I don't know what I'd be doing. If I didn't do the Godfather, I, I probably wouldn't have met Pat. You wouldn't be talking to me about, like, you know, I just, I love business. Yeah. So I own, you know, I own, and I tried to associate everything with that. Like my clothing line was La Cosa Mia by Gianni. I want to keep everything in that vein, you know, yeah. but it's gone crazy. Yeah, and you've been able to yep. make success off that that name for quite a damn while. I mean, oh my take God, advantage of it. it. 73 well, it, countries. You're talking about a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. It's also it's also admirable uh to talk about uh uh opposites. Giant lived the, the, the rough life on the street with literally no education. I mean, he was in a hospital when he should have been going to school. Yeah. With literally no education, he has accomplished all this. I have a doctorate and I'm sitting here. I have a shirt on, I'm sitting here in my underwear, uh, in, in this in, in this small town where I can't even see my next door neighbor. And if you hear something, that's a goat <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> I, you know, I and it, it makes me wonder why I wasted my time in school. I mean, uh, no, I, you blessed. I really been blessed. Yeah. <laughs> and I take advantage of it. Like you saying now I'm on a, on an 18 city tour. I took our book and made it into a musical. It's an 80 minute show. Like yeah. Next weekend, I'm in Atlantic City, Bally's Casino. I'm, I'm doing all 14 casinos they own. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, who you are, where you come from. I mean, you know, Johnny, just be living, living proof of that. And so is Patrick. I mean, whatever you do in life, I mean, you can, you can be whatever the hell you want. And you guys sure as hell did that. And I mean, it's pretty amazing. You know, you have two different backgrounds. And I think that, you know, it's perfect. I mean, you guys came up in the same area, obviously, but, you know, went different paths. But I think that gives you guys, you know, like, no, you we're know, a perfect you know, formula because he's yeah. a genius. And like you said, he's a professor and all that. I can't write my name. You know, I, I couldn't get on. This, I couldn't do get on this show today. You know, I got, I got more equipment than I have a studio here. I got more laptops and everything else. I don't have to turn them on. I have to call yeah. them. <laughs> That's why you have an assistant. Exactly. Uh, you know, you talk about, uh, Adrian, you know, the American dream. You could do whatever you want to do, and it's ingrained in our heads. Yeah. You can do it. This is the land of opportunity. Well, I had a grandmother on my father's side who was, old, you know, real Italian. I, I, she was always old to me. Uh, she was old when I realized she was my grandmother, and she continued to be old. And to me, she always wore the same dress, the black dress with white polka dots. I'm, I, I'm convinced she had a whole closet full of them. But, you know, everybody downtown where we lived, all these old ladies, once their husbands die, they're in mourning literally for the rest of their lives. Their lives. And they, they wear the same the same style dresses, black dress with white polka dots. And you see them uh, sitting, hanging out their windows with these, with these pillows that, by the way, never come in the house. They're on that ledge. Rain, snow, sleet, or hell forever. They, they just sit there. And these old ladies just lean over rest on those pillows and talk to people. They could be on the fourth floor. They're talking to people on the street and uh, that's their lives. But my grandmother, she's a very salty person. And, you know, this American dream thing. And I was talking to her about it one day. She still spoke broken English. And I said, yeah, they, 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 they told us in school that you can be anything you want to do. And she says, oh, that's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, why, Granny? And she said, 
a lot of stupid people out there. You cannot, you cannot be anything that you want to be. What you got, everybody's got a talent, a thing that you can do. And she looks at me, I'm seven years old. What can you do? You know, television just came out. I can turn the television on. What can I do? But I, I thought of that and that, you know, you can be what you want to be, I think is a fallacy because, you know, you're capable of doing some things and you're not. But what I found out over the years is everybody has a talent. Mm-hmm. You got to discover it. With Gianni, he's got a couple, but his business acumen shines above it all. Well, right. he's made of himself with actually no help. Uh, with me, I mean, I bounced around. I, 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 can't, I was a high school dropout. And I, I went to join the army and they told me you can't join because you don't have a high school education. So mm-hmm. I went back and I finished high school. I joined. I don't know if that was a wise thing. I wound up as an infantryman, a machine gunner in Vietnam. But that's <laughs> another story. But I, I came back. I, I came out. I said, well, now what am I going to do? And as Gianni was saying the same thing, and you, you just fall into things. And there was an open police test and I, I took it and I, I got 100 on that. And, uh, you know, things happened. Not till I was 48 years old that I find my talent and that's writing. Yeah. I mean, I we all writing. He's, he's amazing. I mean, I read a lot, a lot of things and every, I people on the street constantly, the accolades we're getting on the first book. And now that when you write a second book, like Pat said, it better be better than the first and yeah. everybody's saying it is, and they couldn't believe it. I mean, the, the way he writes, you just keep turning pages. Yeah. People oh, call me all the time. You were destroyed my life this weekend. <laughs> I read the whole book. Yeah, my that's what I did. <laughs> hey, that's what I did. I read it in like two or three days, man. I just kept going and going. I couldn't put it down. I mean, I enjoyed if, it. If if I can evoke tears from Gianni Russo. Oh, my God. I, yeah. I have reached the pinnacle of my writing career. And uh, this is a tough guy. Well, not he's not really a tough guy. He's, you know, he's been to the school of hard knocks. Let's put it that way. He's not a tough guy at all. But then uh, that's a compliment. Most of the tough guys to me are a waste of time. But anyway, certain parts, uh, like Adrian, you, you've read, read the book, and there's a portion in that book, and I don't want to mention the character's name because it will destroy the book. But at the end, when he's he's with this person and he, he kisses a, a, a snowflake off her nose. Oh, um, man. Yeah, that was enough to evoke tears in me, and I wrote the damn thing. I mean, we, that, actually, that actually happened on the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, okay. So that yeah, was that was one of the true parts. Yeah, we, we don't want to. You know, we don't want to mention. You know, what give away any spoils? But the premise of the book is a lost diary mm-hmm. from uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe and Gianni, and that's taken from uh, the relationship. It's taken from real life, and Gianni could uh, talk more about that. That, and I'll be back. Thank you for tuning no in to the Hollywood no Godfather podcast. You can contact no Gianni Russo or Patrick Picciarelli with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646 776 3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. 
We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Good night. I got stories with them all, you know, celebrities, world leaders, icons, who knows what's next for me. I'll never get too old to have a little fun. Come on, I'm Gianni Russo, a genuine one of a kind. What a ride it's been, this life of mine. And I ain't done yet. I'll be back until next time. And that was that.